Welcome to Create Your Own Light, where we harness our past, we embrace our future, and learn to conquer the roadblocks along the way together. I'm your host, Travis Howes. Let's get on with it. This episode is brought to you by YourWelder.com. YourWelder.com is an online directory of mobile welders. Whether at your home or at your industrial processing plant, we come to you. Our community of mobile welders can repair anything from the neighbor's mailbox that you just backed into or the cat bulldozer sitting on your job site. YourWelder.com is a directory of highly skilled professionals willing to help you on your job site on your timetable. YourWelder.com screens all of their welders using tools like photos from social media apps such as Instagram, Parler, and Facebook, even face-to-face meetups. YourWelder.com was built by actual industry welding experts who actually perform this type of work on a daily basis. And here's the best part. They're veteran-owned and operated. So go check them out at YourWelder.com. And also feel free to check them out on social media, where I'll include their links in the show notes. I wish y'all could see my my studio set up here, man. This thing is all beat up. And I, I, I'm at the point I think I need to do a real studio. I've been planning on it. I've been um, working on my farmhouse and trying to do some things to where I can actually have a legit studio. Man, my microphone is broken. I have it clipped to an old bar stool and the uh, the arm that, that it's supposed to hang out over your face it's broken and so now it just rests on the table very delicately and if i bump the table the whole thing falls down so it's time for a remodel in my studio but that's how i roll man i always do less with more that's just this always how i've been um i'm thinking of i'm thinking of slowly um starting to do some youtube stuff and i'm going to build that channel out my channel's already there it's got almost 2000 subscribers i just haven't put anything on it in a while so if you are on YouTube and you want to subscribe to my YouTube channel, please go over there and hit it. Um, I don't know when the fuck I'll have something up, but I I need to go ahead and get on that. I want to talk about um, I want to talk about some stuff that might be a little hard to talk about today, but you know that's kind of what I dig into anyway. I want to talk about overreactions, and I want to talk about anger management. I want to talk about controlling impulsive behaviors um, that are not healthy. Um, and I, so I went to therapy yesterday. This all stemmed from my therapy appointment. Laura Tate was happening there. Y'all heard it. Y'all heard the name, the legend, Laura Tate. Um, that's, that's, that's my girl. That's my therapist. So in case y'all didn't know now, now, you know, there's a name with this hero and there it is. Um, we're sitting down and we're talking and, you know, as hard as I try to be the best person that I can be, obviously I still have faults. I still have stuff that I work through. Um, I'm uncovering mountains of things about myself that I thought I was past, but I'm not. And I think that's the cool part about a mental health journey when you're willing to actually accept the journey and not necessarily look for the end result. Uh, you get to learn a lot about yourself and, and, and you find all the, the things that challenge you. You find ways to work through them. You find reasons why those things may still present themselves because you, because you haven't put in the work that you thought you have. And as I, you know, I was just on my front porch and I was looking at my pond that we dug out here on the farm a couple months ago and I've already put seed out. I can't tell you how many times, but here's the problem. The grass is not growing the way that I want it to. 
And the reason is because I've been fucking lazy with the grass. All I did is prep the dirt and threw the seed out, but I never went out there and sowed it in. I never went out there and actually pulled soil over the seed. I just threw it on the ground, hoping it would make contact, hoping the rain would push it down and hoping it would grow. And that's not, that's, that's not how the grass is going to grow. I'm doing bare minimal. I'm doing something, but I'm not doing enough. Does that make sense? And it's the same in mental health. Like if you're just doing enough to get by, you're not going to get the results that you want. You have to put in the hard work. Well, recently I was, I was tested and, and I was tested, um, very aggressively and I'm actually disappointed in the way that I responded. I'm not going to get, get into everything. Uh, I don't feel that's important, but what, what I do feel is important is, is to know that I am, I don't just try to accept things. Well, this is the way I am kind of deal. Um, I try to learn and the reason I try to learn is because my life is evolving and I don't want to be the same man that I was 10 years ago. I don't want to be the same grumpy, miserable person, you know, that I was when I was 35, when I'm, when I'm 65, I want to continually evolve. So recently I was tested and I was tested in a manner that, um, I reacted poorly. My reaction to, to this situation was extremely poor. And I thought I was beyond that. I thought that in that situation, I had grown beyond the person that I used to be. And the person that I used to be is that young 20-something United States Marine, tough as nails, hard as fuck, can, can take on anybody in any challenge, any time, any place, that, that mindset. And I'm ashamed to say that 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 younger version of me still exists. Um, and I shouldn't say ashamed because I'm not I'm not trying to beat myself up. I, I'm sad to say that that younger version presented itself in a situation where I think the older me is more wise and more responsible now where I could have actually talked to my younger version of myself and persuaded my younger version to, to not give in to the situation. And when you got to think when we react poorly, who that affects, it affects the people around you. It affects your family members. Now, fortunately, everybody that I love was not there to, to see this reaction, but I still reacted poorly nonetheless, and it just made me think for a couple of days, and it, and it made me really dive into who I want to be, and that I have a lot of work to do. Um, so when I sat down with my therapist, we, we sat there and we talked about why these things happen, like the feeling inside of you that when, you're, when you want to explode on somebody, why do you explode like that? And, um, and so in, in my case, I felt justified because I was challenged. Okay. And looking back at the incident, I should have just left. I should have just removed my, myself from it. But when she asked me a question, she said, okay, so when you're challenged that way, what inside of you says I have to confront this right now? Why can't you, why can't you turn and walk away? What is it about yourself 
that you're feeling and what does it say about you and what, what does it say about yourself if you turn and you walk away from that? And I sat there and I knew the answer to it and I didn't want to, I didn't want to respond to it because I knew the truth and I knew what she was pulling out of me. And the truth is this, the truth is I was still afraid to feel like a coward for walking away, for turning my back and walking away from a confrontation because dudes like me have been trained our entire life to welcome challenge, not to run from it, but to welcome it. And if presented with it, you got to stand your ground and you have to challenge the challenger. And it's the whole ultimate alpha male beat my chest. I'm going to, you know, I can do this to you. I can do whatever. And in that moment, I, I told her, I said, because walking away would make me feel like a coward. And I heard it when I said it. And it was like a weight off my shoulders because I also know that's not true. I know I'm not a coward. We sat, we had this conversation. I've been in plenty of situations where I could have been cowardly, but I wasn't. So I've been challenged. I know that. I know that about myself. So why was it so important that in the situation that I'm talking about, that I prove my point on, or I I try to prove to this other person who knows nothing about me, why is it so important? And I know there's a lot of you out there like this. I know in the police world, you know, especially the police world I grew up in, you don't run your fucking mouth to us. And I'm, I know that that can be taken out of context and I'm sure it will. I'm somebody, I'm sure somebody will take that sound clip and use it against me, but whatever. Fuck you. Um, back when I was policing, you didn't get to run your lips so loosely. Okay. It's not like today where I just saw these clips of these people throwing bricks and trash cans at cops and stuff like that. Like back in the day, we could defend ourselves and we could step up to you if you step to us. And I think looking back at all the way back to childhood, how I was raised, I think, I think there's something to be said for that too. When a bully stepped up, you didn't back down. You stepped up and you met the challenge. Well, if that's all you've ever done your whole life, if you've always stepped up to challenges every single time you're challenged, how do we train our brain to walk away? Because at this stage in life, this fucking, this shit doesn't matter. I have nobody to impress. It wasn't that I wanted to impress anyone. The thing was, if, uh, uh, somebody else flipped a, an external switch or an internal switch, whichever, whatever, wherever that switch is located. And once the switch is flipped, that's it. I'll just I'll just tell you like this. A guy ran his mouth when I was in the boat. I was in the boat with my wife. And a guy that was drinking ran his mouth to me. And I was in my boat. And he was in the boat with four other dudes. And I'm guessing that he thought he could run his mouth because he had buddies with him. And I pretty much told him, I was like, the only reason you're running your mouth is because you're safe on a boat. 
And I'm not going to say what the rest of the stuff I said is not important. But what I should have done in that moment was just looked and passed the torch. I should have passed the tough guy torch. And I should have gave him his moment and let him have that victory of feeling like a tough guy. And I, and I should have just left. And that's what I'm getting at. I got nobody left to impress. And what I realized, and I, you know, I teach this in post-traumatic purpose, you know, um, that tough guy shit, it only impresses you. It doesn't impress anybody. You know, for so long, I, I, I thought I was a lot tougher than what I was. And then when I, when I realized, when I took a step out of everything, I was like, man, that's all just pretend. You were only trying to pretend to be that tough to protect yourself and to uh, fool yourself. But nobody else cares about that stuff. Because let's look at let's look at two, the both sides of this coin, okay? When you're presented with a challenge like that, another human being does something stupid, they challenge you, whatever, and you accept that challenge, ask yourself what good is about to come of this. What good is going to come of this? The only good that can come of it is you slap a motherfucker and now he knows not to run his mouth. That's it. And it ain't worth it. That's not even worth it. The best thing that can happen in that scenario is you leave. And you leave and it doesn't disrupt your day. Think and nobody got slapped. So I'm not don't don't think that I went hands on because I don't do that anymore. Um, I'm not I'm definitely not that guy. But I want you to think when you're presented with that challenge, especially when you have people that you care about that are with you and you step into that arena, man, it affects their entire day, too. It affects their week. It affects their month. They'll they'll remember that moment. So when you have an opportunity to walk away, you have an entire opportunity presented to you to keep having a great day. We were on the boat having a great day that day, my wife and I. And had I have just passed the torch and gave that tough guy his moment, it wouldn't have even mattered. We probably, honestly, I probably wouldn't have thought about it five seconds down the road. You know what I mean? Or down the river. So why do people, especially with similar backgrounds, you know, as me, why do we do this? And I really think it's, it's, it's a training thing. It's, it's, it's who we have been taught to be from a very, very early age. And as you grow older, you don't need that, you know, you don't need that, um, that ability to put everybody in their place. You don't need the ability to, to check every challenge that's presented to you. There's an old saying, you can't fight the world. That's true, man. You got to pick your battles. And I think in like my, my, my therapist, Laura told me, she goes, you know, it's good to have that trait when you need it for dangerous situations. So you don't just shut down. I don't think that that trait that we possess ever goes away, but it also doesn't just have to be under the surface. It doesn't always have to be peeking around the corner, waiting for the next confrontation. Who fucking cares? And I'm speaking about this because I know I'm speaking to a lot of people that are listening to this right now. 
I know the second somebody challenges you, the second somebody looks at you sideways, the second you think you're being disrespected or wronged, your first inkling is to right that wrong. And your first inkling is to correct the motherfucker and let him know you're not the one. And I'm here to tell you as a grown ass man, that's the wrong choice. Let the people have their moment. Pass the torch, as long as you're not in any kind of danger. And go have a good day. Let your family have a good day. And don't let somebody like that affect your day. And we got to be better about that. We got to, you know, that old saying, don't let a bad five minutes ruin an entire 24 hours. Because we're really good at that too. We're really good. At when something goes wrong in our day, just stewing on it and, and thinking about it. And just, we got to learn to shrug that stuff off. You know, this ain't, and again, too, this ain't, this ain't the, the 1980s and 1990s when, when you could, as men, handle it and then shake hands and walk in different directions. Things are a lot different these days. You know, it's not, it's not like that. So just let whoever have their moment and press on. What about, I do want to, I do want to talk about this because I'm familiar with this and I know a lot of people listening are because I know some of the people that listen to this and I know I've had conversations with people about this. What about that rage inside of you? Like when you get, say, let's say when the fuse is lit, something's going on and Laura asked me this too. She goes, what's it feel like? What's it feel like in that moment when that switch is about to be flipped? And I didn't have words for it. I didn't, I don't even know if you can properly explain it, but I'll try to say it like this. It's like something takes over all logic and everything inside of your body. And it's instant. It's like, it's like a nuclear bomb explodes inside of you. And there's no holding it back. There is zero holding it back. What? Why are we like that? And I'm not saying everybody, but some of us. How do we diffuse that? How do you stop that nuclear explosion inside of you before it causes extreme collateral damage around you? You know... I, I thought about that guy in the boat days after that incident happened. And I thought, you know what? He's probably a good man. And I know I'm a good man. And, and, and if we met in different circumstances, we would probably like each other. We'd probably have laughs. But that's just not how we cross paths. So think about when you explode on somebody, right? Try to... there. Uh, Brian Martin has a song and he says he tells his kids try to see the world through a stranger's eyes. Meaning, if they were watching you and they were looking at you, what would they say or think or and how would they feel about you? Um I think if we have that mindset of, you know what, I'm going to let this person have their moment and I don't need to one up them. I don't need to show them I'm bigger and badder and stronger. I don't need that in my life cuz I am okay with who I am. I can let them honk their horn, throw their finger up, call me a stupid motherfucker from a boat. You know what I mean? I can let them do that because you know what? And 
And, and I guess that's what I'm getting at. So when you feel that bomb about to go off or you're, or even if a family member upsets you and you feel like that bomb is about to just go off inside, how do we, how do we step away from that? And I'll tell you the first way. The first way is to walk away. The first way is to put distance, to create distance as quickly as you can. Um, I have practiced this over the years, and I've actually been very good at it. And um, again, I'm not perfect, but I've been very successful at creating distance when I feel that happening. And when I do create that distance, the first thing that I do is I tell myself this, is what I'm about to say or how I'm about to behave, is it going to make it better or is it going to make it worse? For the people on the receiving end of it. And if the answer is worse. Then I have my answer. Then I know I just need to keep distance. And I need to cool down. But sometimes. You can't get the distance that you need. Sometimes. It may just be a trigger word. When you're in the middle of a heated discussion. With somebody. And it could, it could be, and it, it doesn't even have to be a word. It can be a look that they give you while they're trying to explain what they're explaining. And that in itself can feel like a challenge to you. That can feel like a, oh, you're trying to press me. You're trying to, trying to put me in my place kind of thing. You're trying to show me. And it could just be the slightest little scowl during like a heated discussion that it's not, that sets that, that the timer off that, that bomb. It doesn't even have to be the words or the actions. It can be a simple look. And boom, the explosion happens. Nothing good comes from that. You know what? Another thing I always did, what I've tried to do over the years, is I've tried to prevent those discussions, and I've been very successful with this too. If I know it's a heated topic, the second I feel it going that way, I try to reschedule the topic. Let's come back to it, but not right now. Not, not in the heat of the moment while um, tempers are starting to rise and the temperature's getting hot between two people. It's always best to revisit something. So I, 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 what I'm talking about here is uh, I'm talking about maybe family members, spouses, okay, uh, I got a couple of inboxes the other day, especially after that last reel that I put out. And, you know, multiple people said, dude, how do I control my temper when I'm talking to my spouse? Because they bring that out in me. And I had to tell them the same way. Dude, you got to think about what you're about to say and how you're about to behave and how that and, and the toll that that's going to take. Not the satisfaction you're going to get from it right away from showing somebody that you can you can be louder and more aggressive but the toll that it's going to take on the entire relationship is it is that worth it to you that's when i started changing things years ago um because i i saw the toll that it wasn't even the words it was the tone you would use the tone alone can can cause people anxiety the tone in your voice, just the way and the manner that you speak, the aggression that you speak with can have an effect on people that you care about. As the spouse to someone like this, I could not imagine the eggshells that you would have to walk on 
and the anxiety inside of your body from fear of the tone that your husband is about to take with you because of something he doesn't like and your fear of being able to just ask questions about things because your fear of his reaction and how aggressive his tone and his body language and his language will get. I can't imagine that. I've never been afraid to have a conversation with somebody, but I know that there are spouses out there that are deathly afraid to have a simple conversation with some of their husbands because their husbands behave this way. So essentially what happens is you have if a spouse that just avoids conversation. They avoid that conversation to avoid conflict. And what happens is the other person just gets their way all the time. And what happens with that is they know that they get their way all the time. And then it turns into a manipulation thing and a control thing. They know all they have to do is bow up, get loud, speak harshly. And the other person will cave because they're afraid of the confrontation. They're afraid of the conflict. And that's abuse. That's emotional abuse at its finest. And there's a lot of that going on in the first responder community for sure. In the military community for sure. And it's unacceptable. We got to be better. And I, I, you know, I, I say as men because I can only I speak from a man's point of view. And we're a male-dominated field. So I know that there are women out there too that probably behave in the same manner as many of us men do when they speak to their family. There are women out there, I'm sure, that have husbands who are deathly afraid of them. And, and deathly afraid of them getting upset because of the manner in which they can speak and the tone that they can take and the aggression that they can take. So I'm not saying this is just a man thing, but we are a male dominated field and I'm speaking from a man's point of view. So that's what I mean when I'm talking about these things, but we collectively men and women, we got to understand that there's consequences for the tone and the manner in which we speak. And we have to be able to diffuse that bomb inside of us before it gets to that point. Because I think what happens is when that, when that bomb explodes, we're going into self-preservation mode. And we're doing any and everything we can to justify the position that matters to us. It doesn't even necessarily mean if it's right or, or, or anything. It just because it's our point of view and that's all that matters. It's the way we feel and that's all that matters. I encourage you the next time you find yourself in a conflict and it doesn't have to be fist to cuffs. I'm just saying the next time you find yourself in a disagreement with somebody, let them win. That's my new motto. Okay, now what? You win. I don't need to challenge you. I know who I am. I know what I am. And you listening, you know who you are and you know what you are. So 
Why does it matter if your point of view is right and somebody else's is wrong? I look at these goofy motherfuckers in politics. Look at how stupid they behave. And now think about yourself. We do the same thing. That's, that's no reason to mistreat one another just because you have a difference of opinion. But that's exactly what we do. And it'll cause us to get elevated blood pressure. It'll cause us, you'll get into a conflict with somebody at work over something dumb. And you know who ends up paying for that? Everybody that you love. And then you come home, you come home upset, and you come home, home on, on edge and was short-tempered. And everybody else pays for it. This isn't going to be the longest episode by any means because I'm I'm actually getting ready to head out. I'm going to Roanoke next week, Roanoke, Virginia. We have over 300 registrations for Roanoke already. That's going to be a very, very fun event. So if you're within driving distance to Roanoke, Virginia, and you want to come out, keep go to my website at travishowles.com. And on Roanoke, Virginia, there's a registration link. Please register there. I, honestly, I think we'll probably get closer to 400 by the time the 17th rolls around. It's on August 17th. It's in the evening time. Um, so feel free to come out there. It's open to everybody. So even if you're not a first responder and you just want to come out, just feel free to come out. Um, I got Plymouth, Minnesota coming up. That's a private event. But then I'm in Martinsville, Indiana on September the 21st. If you're in the area... Dude, they already have over 130 registrations alone for Martinsville, Indiana, in the middle of the, the cornfield. Uh, no, it's actually outside of Indy, but that's really good numbers this far out. That's 100, 130. Um, and then if you go to Carthage, Illinois, on the 23rd, go to my website. September 23rd, I'm in Carthage, Illinois. There are already over 100 registrations there, too. And then Cobb County is a private event. And then if we go to check this one out, I'm actually going back home to the low country of South Carolina where I'm from. Uh, I'm from a place called Bluffton, South Carolina, but Bluffton's not hosting this. Jasper County uh, Emergency Services is actually the next county over from where I from Bluffton. They're actually hosting the event uh, in, a, in a town called Ridgeland, South Carolina. We're already over 200 reservations there for October the 4th. Um, that event's going to be really, really cool, man. It's in my back backyard. It's where I grew up. It's where a, a lot of trauma at a young age that I experienced. I talk about some of those stories. So if you're anywhere near any of those cities, all the other events that I'm doing, unfortunately, they're, they're private ones. Um, but those are the final ones of the year that have open registration. Do you guys, man, you're always welcome to come out, bring a spouse, bring a family member, somebody that you care about. If you want to learn a little bit about trauma, what it does to a human being, how it rewires our brains, how it causes us to behave, and how it causes um, massive collateral damage in our lives down to the people that we love the most. Come on out. Um, I'm so proud of what these events have turned into, not because of what I do, because of what you all do. It's the fact that you all support me the way that you have over the years, and this thing has turned into a fucking monster, and I love it. I absolutely love it. There's no better place for spouses to learn about what it is we go through than in a post-traumatic purpose event. I don't care who's teaching mental health out there, what they're teaching, good for them if they're teaching. Nobody does it like this. Nobody calls a spade a spade the way it is actually seen and felt on the, the 
through the eyes of a first responder and into our homes. And we got to quit looking the other way. We got to keep addressing this. We got to bring our spouses out. Please, if you're in these event, in these areas, bring your spouses. You are doing them a disservice by not letting them come to a free event that will help them understand their life, what they're going through, what you're going through, and how you two can move forward together. I love every one of you. I can't wait to see you all at an event. Take care. Yeah.